Sat Nam. I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Satnam. There's a, an old saying that the only constant is change. There's a constant activity inside. Inside our human body of being born living, dying, and being born again. Every cell goes through that process. And that's what Satanama means. Sa is the breath, ta is the life, na is the death, and ma is the rebirth. There's a mantra that allows you to get in touch with this constant dying and rebirthing process. It's call a call, say it. Call a call. City a call. Maha, maha means great. City means great. Maha a call. A call murit. Wahe guru. So it's Call, a call. No, no, do it after me. Call, a call. City. Oh, yeah, I gotta let you do it. See? When you criticize, you get. Call, a call. City, a call. Maha Akal Akal Murit Wahe Guru Again, Call Akal Siri Akal
Hey Guru. Can you bring the hand drum? Call a call. City a call. Maha call. A call. Flexibility. Physical. Emotional. Mental. Why, hey, 
could let your body know each and every breath that it's okay to die, then your body would find the courage to live because it's the stagnation of not recircling, not recycling the cells because you're afraid to let the old cells go. It's a natural state of 
dying. And if you could die, one of the things that Guru Nanak said is die a little bit every breath. And what that meant was that if you allow for that natural circulation to take place, you actually live for a very long time. His son, Baba Siddhichand, lived to 156. And that was just considered just, just kind of like normal for these Udasi Balyogis. Because the Udasi Balyogis would just, they were in this constant state of being okay. Hmm. Wow, what a concept. Yeah? A constant state of being okay. That's such an important component. And so you're okay with sa, you're okay with ta, you're okay with na, and you know that right after that comes ma. You're okay with your breath, you're okay with your life, you're okay with your death, you're okay with your rebirth. And because you do it all a little bit, all the time, you end up finding it to be really um, acceptable for a very long time. You see, life being acceptable for a very long time is the key to um, longevity, because death is a habit. <laughs> a habit that you want to break. Not that you're going to have your body that's going to live forever, no. But you're going to have, to, you're going to have a body that lives for its appropriate period of time. Because let's face it, people that live to 90 years old, they don't get a chance to speak. But if you're alive and well and vital and clear at 120, there won't be a microphone on the planet that doesn't want to talk to you. And if you're alive and well and vital at 130, forget it. You'll have your own hour-long TV show. <laughs> so let's make ourselves a bit of a pledge in this moment is that we're not here for the short term. We're here for the long term. And in order to be okay with that, you have to be okay with dying all the time. If you want to live for a long time, be okay with dying all the time. And that means that in the midst of a moment in which there's something that makes you feel like you're emotionally attacked, be okay. Instead of taking the emotional bullet, dodge it. Because what happens is that we actually take on emotional bullets, psychological bullets. Or let's not talk about bullets. Let's use arrows. <laughs> arrows are much more valentiny. <laughs> We take on emotional arrows, you know, like we put our head in the line of fire, you know, like, and then we walk around going, look what they did to me. Can you believe what they did to me? Look at this. I can't believe it. Look, you know, we have to do something about them. Yeah. What if the thing that you did about them was that when it was coming for your forehead, you just went funk, and they could never hit you? You know what would happen? And this is a Tao. This is a Taoist attitude. What would happen is that they would ultimately run out of arrows. <laughs> and then they would just get tired of shooting at you because they couldn't hit you. The idea that somebody insults you is an emotional, is an emotional death. And because you're so rigid about not dying emotionally, 
you take it on and you resist it. But you can't resist it unless you have it. So you take it on, you have it, and then you resist it. And then you show everybody, oh, my life is, I'm really struggling hard. I'm so busy. I'm really struggling hard. I'm so busy. And it becomes this kind of like badge of honor. How about if you were living and you went, oh, life is such a breeze. I have nothing to do. Everything gets done for me. Because that's the magic of life. That is the magic of life. That is the contrary condition of gravity. That is levity. And what we have to contribute to this planet is levity. We have to contribute ease. There's enough dis-ease. You know, there's this, what is it, Zeta virus? Is that what it's called? Something like that. And there's all this talk about how it happened. Right? Which is very interesting and compelling, but it's not a cure. Right? So what we have to do as these highly evolved beings is that we have to say, okay, well, we'll let the people that are trying to figure out how it happened and why it happened do that work. And what do you have to do? You have to wake up every morning, take a cold shower, stretch your body. Get into your mantra. Get into your Kriya. So that you can walk through the day being an example of levity. We're not saying that those things don't exist. Those things exist. They're not your task. Your task is to express levity. Yogi Bhajan was just like Mother Teresa. When Yogi Bhajan back in like 1971 was asked, can you join us in the anti-war movement? He said, no, sorry. But I will create a peace movement. And that's the difference. Because anti-war emphasizes war. And emphasizes the pride of your position as to being against it. Now there's nothing wrong with that, but it actually isn't a solution to war. The solution to war is the peace that exists. Because war is just peace with struggle put on top of it. Because the nature of nature is that everything is at ease. So if you can find yourself, no matter what your campaign is, if you can find yourself living in the core of your campaign, which is ease, you will be energized. You will be carried. You will be not struggling or not so busy. You will have that which is done for you. And it will appear that it's being done through you. Because that is the magic that will be so compelling that people will want to know, how are you accomplishing that? What are the people called? They're not called magicians, they're called illusionists. 
The dominant illusionists on the planet today are those who are being controlled by gravity. Jesus was an outlier. Buddha was an outlier. Muhammad was an outlier. Mother Teresa was an outlier. Joan of Arc was an outlier. You are to be an outlier. Your life is not to be controlled by gravity, but to be an example of levity. Your life is not to be example of the problems, being able to point out the problems. Your life is to be the solutions. It's interesting because this water crisis in Flint, right? which is really a big, big issue. And the way it all happened was a very big issue and a very big explanation of you know, how human beings can be dispassionate, right? Can, can, can lack that empathy. But they elected this woman, this mayor, and her whole thing is not, you know, you ask her about the governor, and she doesn't say anything. He says, you know, I really don't have time to, to be there to do the governor's job or to criticize his job. I have a job to do. And my job is to find a way of solving this. And so she goes out and she finds that in Lansing, Michigan, they had a, a similar issue, but they didn't have as big a problem. But they had a similar issue of, of lead pipes, right? And they figured out this way of extracting lead pipes without having to dig up all the ground. They would poke two holes. It's like, they call it like a laparoscopic or orthoscopic surgery, right? They, they dig two holes, they go down, they attach something to the old pipe, they attach copper pipe to the other end, and they pull the old pipe out, which is pulling the copper pipe through. And it takes them four hours to replace every pipe to a house. So she said, when they told her, that, that they had to, they, the state had to do a study. She said, fine, go ahead and do your study. I don't fault you for that. I'm going to go out and look for money. Because people were estimating $2 billion to fix the problem. And Lansing said, we fixed a problem bigger than yours, and based on that, your problem is going to cost you $55 million. So she went out and she found private donations for 50, for I think, what was it, $27 million? And she said, great, we got half the job done. That's levity. That's, I know there's all the issues, I know there's all the problems, I know there's all the arguments, but I'm going through that. I'm going to find the way through. And you know what it doesn't give you? It doesn't give you the satisfaction of being contrary to anything. Because being contrary gives you a great sense of identity. And the, whole, the whole debate is about contrarian attitudes. The whole, the whole public debate is about contrarian attitudes. And this person was so dedicated to the solution that she didn't have time for any of the issues. She just... And that's how you can solve every one of your issues. 
no matter if you need money, no matter if you need friends, no matter if you need relation, no matter if you need recognition, no matter what it is you need. If you just commit to solution, nothing will stop you. Except for one word, which Yogi Bhajan said was the worst word in the English language. What was it? Say it louder. Yabat. Yabat. <laughs> he said, what is this word? I've never heard it before. Yabat. We said, sir, it's two words. No, it's not. It's just one word. Everybody says, yabat. Yabat. Right? No, there is no yabat. Every, any issue that you have in your life is solvable by you. So just leave off the butt and go, yeah. Come on, let me hear it. Yeah. yeah. Good, huh? So the idea that we have this constant death is something that you should feel really good about. Constant death. Constant death. Because the guarantee is that there can be, for every action there is always a equal reaction. And one of the reasons why such a big campaign currently for good health is green drink, right? Drink greens every day because you can get more green into you if you turn it into liquid and, you know, pour it in, right? And that's because green drink, a green, leafy green, any green that is grown in sunlight feeds the spleen. And the spleen is the decider in your body that decides what cells are to be disposed of and what cells are to be kept. And as the blood passes through the body, it passes through the spleen and it reports to the spleen and the spleen retains this information and is actually assigning death to two million cells, more than even, two million blood cells, but even more with all the cells that are going on, more than two million cells every beat of the heart are, are eliminated. They are weak and they're eliminated and immediately new cells are brought in. And the spleen, anybody have a spleen that's been removed? Don't worry, there's still a subtle spleen in your body. And the subtle spleen is what responds to homeopathic. So you go to a homeopath and you say, I need homeopathic greens, and you, the whole system still works. Still works on a subtle system. What really bogs a spleen down? O-P-O. But we could call it OCO. Other people's opinion. Yeah, and OCO, other creatures' opinion. What is the opinion of an animal that's being slaughtered? What is the opinion? I don't want to. And it's a screaming opinion, it is a dominant opinion. So when you feed your body 
with that violent food, your body has this dominant attitude inside. I don't want to die. The fear of death becomes dominant with every layer of that food that you eat. Becomes dominant. And that's why a cleansing diet has no animal. You want to clean not only the physical, but you want to clean the emotional components of your body. And so that satanama, that complete cycle. So if you learn nothing else from tonight, just learn. Green drink, hmm? green drink, and whatever I face, I can make it. What was the sutra of the Aquarian Age? There's a way through every block. Another one, when the pressure is on, start, and the pressure will be off. Really, really real. Not just philosophy. Real. That's, I'm going to be teaching level one in Seattle this weekend, right? And, the, and, and the, I'm looking at the chapters that I have to teach this weekend. And there it was, my big old black marker crossed out, philosophy. And above it, writing technology. Right? Now the philosophy of Kundalini Yoga. No, the technology, the science. Yoga is not a philosophy. Healthy living is not a philosophy. Happiness is not a philosophy. It is a technology. It is a science. Good. Let's do it. Take hold of your knees. Isn't that a good isn't that a good melody, huh? Kalaka Siaka. Yeah. So good. You wrote that melody, by the way. The other day, a few days ago, when was it? Last week or the week before, right? We were fiddling around. Without a fiddle. <laughs> we were fiddling on a guitar. And you just made it happen. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more.